Welcome to Flip Connect. This is Corey Harrington. It is October 16th, 2020. This is episode zero. Uh, today I'm going to talk to you about my first deal that I've ever done as a real estate investor. I'm going to go through um, you know, my, my experiences with being a uh, property manager for the first time, uh, the pros and cons of uh, the type of property that I invested in, and you know just overall my experience so again um, this is my first episode so it is episode zero um, flip connect in a nutshell is your place to find uh, opportunities to learn about how to invest in real estate to figure out uh, what's going to be you know your business model going forward I'm gonna allow a lot of stuff to happen, um, a lot of types, multiple types of investing. Uh, we'll look at residential properties, we'll look at mobile homes. Um, mobile homes I have no experience in, and there's multiple things I have no experience in. My primary experience is residential real estate, and I have a tremendous amount of deep, long-term experience as a professional, full-time real, real estate investor, I've been investing since 2003. I've been exposed to investing all my life uh, since I was uh, a middle-aged teenager, <laughs> 16 years old. Uh, my mother-in-law uh, had been involved in real estate investing for a long time and then she started getting into commercial real estate down in Panama. And so I learned from that. I learned from she bought an apartment complex with my dad in um, in New Orleans uh, several years before the flooding happened and uh, so you know we learned a lot I've experienced a lot and then I jumped into residential real estate tried commercial for a moment jumped back into residential real estate relocated across the country to set up my business and learn from the ground up in what is undoubtedly the worst real estate economic recession of all time 2008. In 2003, uh, um, in terms of this particular subject is my first real estate investment. 2003 we bought a townhouse and in that townhouse um, we had I believe three different tenants over the course of multiple years. Initially we bought it as a home for ourselves. That was our first house that I ever ever owned. Uh, my wife and I had had purchased it when I was I believe 25. She would have been 23 or 22. Um, I had graduated from college and uh, was looking for work. Found a job in LA. Moved from Northern California to Southern California to uh, work as a um, uh, assistant buyer with it's called Executive Trainee ET Assistant Buyer with uh, Robinsons May and I managed a portion of a portfolio of uh, women's moderate petites and uh, figured out you know basically I was a financial analyst if, if, if you were to break this down into the basic elements um, and figured out what sells through best so on and so forth at any rate uh, this is the first job out of school. Uh, I didn't particularly love it. I loved the training. I loved the people, but I had a problem with with management. I had a problem with the uh, 
the buyer that I was working under and it was just super stressful. So eventually I um, went back into my initial plan, which was to get into investment banking and that didn't particularly work out at that time. Uh, when I graduated college, that would have been 2002 and I graduated at UC Berkeley with honors. I received a business degree and I applied for all kinds of, of positions in, in banks, in investment banks, and uh, it was just a very difficult time to, to get that. So um, I took the best job I could find at the moment and uh, realized that, yeah, that's not the best thing for me. Wasn't the best fit, didn't really have an interest in women's moderate petite clothing at all. Uh, the the uh, office had no windows, it was like a prison. And, uh, you know, I work from, from, you know, dark to dark. I wake up, get there before everyone else, and leave after everyone else, because that's what my boss was doing, and that's what I needed to do. She didn't tell me to do that. I was just, it was just my thing. Um, just, you know, I was, I, was, I was definitely not happy with that and decided to um, pursue some avenue of, if I couldn't do investment banking, what could I do? So become a stockbroker. That's what I decided. Ended up getting my Series 7 and 66 and my life and health, and then got a job at MetLife in Westlake Village in Los Angeles. Uh, worked there for a period of time, had one client. Uh, it was tough getting started. And then I was fortunate enough to get a job at Edward Jones. And uh, I just decided that it was my time to, to take that job. So I did. So I you know, door knocked Edward Jones because that was their business model. Door knocked, found multiple Edward Jones offices in San Francisco, which was just coming back home from North, Southern California, Northern California, and wanted to come back home at that point. Uh, my wife was pregnant with our son. And so that was a good opportunity to um, relocate and also get a, a job uh, in, in, in the market that I ultimately wanted to stay in. And uh, what worked out really great for me is I found an office that was um, in transition, meaning the, the investment rep that worked at office had built up a portfolio there, had created his business over five years, and then he left and went to Smith Barney to, to work and so I was fortunate enough to pick up uh, the balance of the portfolio and manage that at 26 years old. And so you know I, I had over 200 clients, um, 500 plus uh, accounts to manage. I had a full-time assistant who was 40 years my senior and was the vice mayor of town. Uh, that, so there's a lot of pressure there, but I, uh, I, th I think I did pretty well in my position for a couple of years and uh, moved on since to to different you know to, to become my own boss and just realized that um, you know I, I cannot work for uh, another company even though Edward Jones is great um, I'm just the type of person that that is an entrepreneur uh, to the soul and 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 you know supremely independent and need to do things my own way at any rate, um, going back, backtracking several years, uh, when I got the job at Robinson's May, I decided to uh, get a property 
and you know, I was looking at single family homes. Uh, I ended up picking a townhouse. It was about $100,000 cheaper. In hindsight, I probably should have went with, with a single family, but at any rate, it was nice. It was townhome. There was a good HOA there. They had a lot of amenities. Um, it was in a, a complex called Vista del Canon, and that was a new hall. Uh, new hall is a suburb. It's um, probably about 25 miles from downtown LA, give or take. And it's up in the mountains, beautiful area. New hall was the more, more affordable side. Um, on the other side, there's Stevenson's Ranch, and that was very nice over there. And, um, you know, that was, uh, it was just a really nice place. So, bought my house for two forty-two five. That was the number we ended up landing on. It was two bedroom, two story. Downstairs was a kitchen, a small um, backyard patio area with some trees, and area to you know plant some 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 uh, you know vegetables and whatever else you want to want to put in there. A little bit a little bit of garden area, probably you know ten square feet at the most, and then an adjoining garage, two two car garage. So it was all connected, which I really liked. There's a lot of these townhomes that have a garage that are detached and separated from the property, so you'd have to, you know, walk around the complex to get to your garage. In some circumstances, um, this one was a direct connection. It was in the back corner of the uh, complex, so it had a nice feel to it. A good, a good floor plan. Both bedrooms had bathrooms in them so they're basically two masters um, so it's really nice bought it immediately rented out one of the rooms because that's just what I do and uh, I don't remember what we rented it out for but we had a, a really nice um, um, girl that rented I say girl because you know we we're all in our 20s um, at the time and she was from Brazil and we met her through someone else that we you know we rented a, uh, a room and a house while we were going through our financing uh, to get the property and uh, met her a friend of a friend and she needed a place so that kind of worked out well so during that time she was paying probably about 60 70 percent of our total monthly principal interest tax and insurance um, offsetting our, our, our costs so that was pretty nice uh, so that worked out well now when I got the job at Edward Jones we moved to uh, the Bay Area in Northern California, and we moved to a place called Moraga. It's uh, behind the Berkeley Hills, a beautiful area. And uh, we rented a apartment there for a little while until we found our next home, which took about six months or so. During that time, um, we decided to rent out our property um, in Newhall. We rented it out to some people. Um, they were they originally had uh, a home, I think it was uh, a modular home or, or a you know, mobile home uh, that they owned at a park and they got rid of that and then they moved in to our property because they wanted to uh, just you know get away from the park and he wanted to store his hot rod. He had some kind of tea bucket or some other kind of uh, 1930s Ford hot rod. I don't remember exactly what it was. Probably tea bucket. And um, I remember seeing pictures of it. It was really nice. So we had them there for about a year and a half. Um, slowly, I upped the rent. Yeah, I would think uh, it's been a long time, but it was probably around fifteen, sixteen hundred dollars a month at that time, which was normal. 
uh, going rate for that area. Um, our principal interest tax and insurance must have been below a thousand dollars at the time as well. So uh, you know we were making a decent cash flow. I decided that you know it'd be better just to up the rent, kind of maximize it. Eventually, they decided to move on. They were looking for a house anyway, and we kept increasing the rent. Uh, they were perfect tenants. Uh, little did I know, the next tenants that moved in were a nightmare. So I went through that process, and being a remote um, property manager, uh, you know, being three, four hundred miles away, that was that was complicated. Uh, so we had problems there. We had to go through a few bad tenants. But you know, overall, it, it worked out okay. Um, I was working full time anyway, and I was earning six figures as as a stockbroker. Like I said, I had a book of business already, so the money was there. So I really, I really stepped into a perfect scenario. I didn't realize how good I had it at that time until you know afterwards, and you kind of reflect back uh, when I became an entrepreneur versus having this position with clients already built in and a paycheck every single month to paying out um, every single month until you get paid. Being an entrepreneur was a big, big shift for me, but you know, we can get into those topics later on. But to really focus back to that, um, the point was if you're, gonna, if you're gonna manage a property on your own, if you're gonna buy a property, we, we paid full retail for the property. This, and we went through an agent, there was no skill or negotiation that uh, I employed to get this pr first property. Uh, naturally, it appreciated because of the time frame that we're in, 2003. I kept that property through 2007, 2008. And so that's right about when the market was starting to go down. And um, I had nothing but appreciation through that period I probably made eighty ninety thousand dollars in appreciation plus all the positive cash flow so and I had a full-time job so it really wasn't much risk and so you know if you're gonna buy one property two properties three or four and work full-time you can afford to make purchases that are full retail I wouldn't advise it and there in this any scenario knowing what I know now some you know 13 years later what is 20 this is 2020 so uh, 17 years later, wow time goes by so 17 years later um, knowing what I know now I, I would never ever remotely consider buying retail I just find the right opportunity and, and, and work on that deal but at that time and even for you if you are a listener that is a full-time employee yeah you can afford to pay retail you know the market continues to go up and will continue to go up right now we're in the middle of this covid pandemic and you know the market is uh, uncertain to say the least but inevitably everything goes up and so if you buy it at full retail and you hold it for 30 years without question you're going to make a good investment long term um, however you can make far more money if you buy it at a discount We'll go into that later on, but this was my experience. This is what I went through, and um, it, it paid out well. I made mistakes. I was brand new to property management. My wife and I um, had no problems with the first 
people and had increasing problems there forward I really just wanted to get any tenant I could in as quickly as possible so first one we lucked out it was a crapshoot and it happened to be a, a, an excellent tenant the next few were were not uh, first the next one I picked I, I rather than wait for the right person even rather than, rather than wait a few weeks I took the first person that that responded that had the money and uh, long term you know they were shorter turnover I don't remember how long they were there but it was less than a year um, there's some damages to the house and some unpaid rent so you know that sets you back um, but overall in, in, in that position it was uh, my advice if if you are coming out of school getting into a job buy your first property as soon as possible do not pay rent to other people get into a property pay full retail if you need to it does not matter ultimately in a long-term strategy um, you can afford to pay retail get the place you enjoy and then when you upgrade to a nicer property or to a different location or something that's larger or smaller whatever fits your needs keep that other property try to keep everything you have for as long as the banks will give you funding um, and we will talk about you know what to do when banks no longer give you funding when you buy too many properties because that will happen um, so we'll, we'll address everything else in the future so uh, basically uh, from my experience with this I would go ahead and, and you know take those lessons that I've learned and this is from reflecting back on how I made my first investment 17 years ago with zero real estate experience other than some anecdotes and stories that I learned from family you know my mother-in-law and my dad investing and um, you know I didn't read any books or tapes I was not trained in any uh, any sort of courses in that regard I just uh, bought a place that I thought was nice that was affordable that was something that I would enjoy for myself and then the critical decision I made was to keep it after I bought my next property and to monetize it. Another key decision that I made that helped me make money and why I'm kind of 17 years later, you know, still in this business and doing well is that I decided to take on a, uh, take on a, a roommate and so that offset my cost. So I, I was profiting all the way through on that deal. That's it. So that's the end of my story for this one. Uh, this is Corey Harrington with Flip Connect. I hope you enjoyed this and uh, look forward to episode one.